right? You got a dog <laughs> back right. there, What's too. What's going on? Tell us about that dog, please. Uh, that is, is my dog. Her name's Lau. Uh, oh, I've had her since she was two weeks old. She's now 12 years old. You had her since she was two weeks old? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, her mom had her puppies underneath my aunt's shed. She was a stray. And so she's like the neighborhood, uh, you know, stray. Bicycle. <laughs> you could you could use that terminology if you wanted to. But she she uh, all every single puppy in the litter turned out completely different. They they all <laughs> you would not be able to tell they were from the same litter. And it was that incident that actually led me to do research to find out that that more than one father can be can contribute to a one litter. Yeah, same with humans. Yeah, just to what, let you know, we're going to edit all that and make it seem like you're talking about Reese Witherspoon. Okay. <laughs> we are masters of editing. Yeah. I can't I can't wait. Josh vs. Josh, Season 5, it's resurrection time. Josh vs. Josh was dead, but now they're back again. Sweet shows and amazing guest stars. Ryan Wright shot lasers from the Death Star. Matt zipped in and he zipped out, but no one knows what he was talking about. JDS took a rest, he spread his wings and flew far, far away. But now he's back to rule the pod game. Spitting on a little guy's face, eating ice cream and potting all over the place. Tom Nook is a crook but Corey is working hard for the bells only paypal lemon friends and family for that guy sells. jazz says sticky food makes it hard to wipe especially when you're up potting all dang night takes a break to read some 17 steve buscemi on the cover of his magazine recycle some jokes and bring the garlic bread because josh versus josh is back potting again yeah Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to JVJ. I'm your host, Corey Hatfield. With me in the studio is Josh Hatfield. Hey, hey, hey. And JDS. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, today <laughs> in the studio, we have Jeff Hayes. And uh, you wanted us to all listen to Monster Hunt NYC. Is that your your biggest and baddest so far? Um, as far as production Yes, it is very it, it. You produced the shit out of it. You we, did. That's exactly what I was thinking. We produced uh, actually the technical term would be the ever living fuck out of it. Um, it was I think I sent this to you and I put it in my review, but like I didn't even know how to really describe it. It was more of like an audio play than it was a audio book. It was so it was so crisp. It was like listening to an episode of Radio Lab. Well, you sent you sent a message and you said everybody listen to this and so I immediately just disregarded that message. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because I have already listened to you. I have plenty. I have several books uh, in here that have been narrated by you. So I just I figured like I'm an old pro. I don't need to listen to this. And now I, I feel bad. Now I yeah. feel like I missed out. I, oh. Oh, you didn't listen to him. Okay. Good job. Good work. Nice research for, for the podcast. Teamwork. He oh, thought yeah. no. To be fair. <laughs> Coming in today, he thought you were Drew Hayes, which we already oh. interviewed, by the way. Well, yeah. I thought to okay. him, I even I was like, I've got several of his books down. It's okay. ridiculous. So, wh- yeah, which ones? Which ones do you have that you that you've? 
Well, the, the one that I listened to uh, just recently was uh, Obliteration by Edward Castle. Okay, gotcha. And I really enjoyed World Tree Online. Yep. So let me point something out that I didn't realize. You you did Gunmaster Online, right? I did the male voices. Yeah, you're Gunmaster. a fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> that is an inappropriate book. No, so how, how long have you been narrating? Uh, seven years. Coming on eight, I think. Now, in my library, I have 25 books you narrated. Oh, wow. So that's pretty good. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't notice that until just now. Well, I, no, I knew. I knew who you were. I talked to you, remember? <laughs> it was me. Fuck I fuck with you. This, this, whole, this, whole, this whole room is like, wait, who? <laughs> but uh, what I liked, uh, one I was surprised you did, because the, I listened to you know that last one I went and got, and I thought it was really awesome. And I was like, wait, one of the voices you did sounded really familiar. And then I went back. And uh, you did that morning wood. Everybody loves a big chest. Yes, I did. And that one's a fun book. Like okay. that's what I like a little different. So how how far did you get into that series? I listened to book one, and I own. Is there three of them? I own it all. The fourth but one I, just came out like a month ago. Maybe, no, a month and a half ago. Um, and that's the first one. That's the first one I incorporated our. Um, other main narrator, Annie Ellicott, she, she backed me up on Monster Hunt as well, but in Monster Hunt, she was, she's also a, like, she's a, a, a musical genius. She's a, she's a jazz singer. And, uh, that's basically how I discovered her and how I, why, why I decided to bring her over to my company. Um, so, cause I, I wanted to work with more voice actors and she's just perfect for the, for, for the, for the job. I mean, I'd been watching her sing for almost a dec more than a decade by the time I approached her to see if she wanted to try doing voice acting. And I could tell that she was going to be good at it because she was just doing this free jazz stuff and just making the, these like crazy noises, you know, instead of just singing, just kind of go along, going along with the, the really surreal atmosphere that the free jazz band was creating and she looked like me when I'm in the booth, playing, having fun, um, really just kind of lost in what she's doing and passionate. And, and it, it just looked very familiar to me, something I don't usually see out of narrators. Usually when I see narrators perform, they're like kind of upright and focused on the text and... and um, kind of zoned into to a formula rather than into characters and rather into rather than into a scene and so i mean if you were to watch me narrate i'm all over the place i'm i'm gone i'm i'm not there in the booth i'm like transported in this weird world and i'm becoming all these people and annie does the same thing and she she basically was able to do that without me even teaching her how i mean i did direct her for most of the beginning of her career. Um, now she's got her own booth in her own house, but um, she did a lot of voices for us, and uh, Gunmeister is actually the first one that she narrated on, you know, she was the main narrator and not characters. Um, but we added her to Everybody Loves Large Chess 4, and it, and it like, that, that whole series I'd been doing solo, 
And it's kind of a risk to bring somebody else new in into a series that's been going for that long, especially since um, my female characters uh, are, are very uh, distinct and convincing. Right. So there's a lot of very important female characters in the Everybody Loves Large Chess series. And so I had to be careful not to, you know, replace any of those characters. And the fourth book in Everybody Loves Large Chess introduce introduce basically doubles the cast of female characters. So it was really easy to get her into that role, into all those roles, and leave the the endeared characters to the fan base on their own. Uh, leave leave them with their original voice. Um, but yeah, Annie. Annie would be the next person you guys should interview. She's spectacular. So in the beginning, you guys both just narrated from that booth. That must have been crowded. Yeah, that's a pretty small booth. Uh, no, I I got a new I got a new booth. This is my new booth. I sold her my old booth. That was a One joke. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so to me. It sounds like you're lazy and you just wanted someone to do half the work on, the, on that book. <laughs> um, Which is fair. I get you know, it. That's why that, That's why I brought two people onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That would normally be true. Um, I am lazy. Uh, I, I as, as hard of a worker as I am, um, it's completely against my nature at the same time. Kind of odd. Um, but uh, it's actually way more work to in, to incorporate another actor into an audiobook because I basically have to read her lines anyway and fill it in, like production wise I just do her voice she's got her own track and so when I'm done narrating something I send it over to her and she starts recording over the things that I've already recorded so I'm recording it anyway she's just making it prettier and doing a, a better job than I would at female characters so are you keeping your recordings to release later as the director's cut? You know what? Uh, when I was recording Morgana, the uh, Everybody Loves Large Chess 4, I got a request from somebody for that very thing. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't do retakes for those. So you'll just hear me do stupid voices and mess up and all that. They're like, I don't care. I want to hear it. And of course, that would also be more more work for me. So I said no. <laughs> so the singing in Monster Hunt, did you do the singing too? That's you. Yes. The shitty singing is me. The beautiful singing is Annie. I was impressed by her singing. I liked yours too. I I did like it. Thank you. That little bear song was pretty catchy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Josh? I thought the bear song was great. Yeah. And what's the other one? The camel? Camel ass? <laughs> oh, Alicamelus, yes. Alicamelus. Did you guys listen to the full end credits? I did. Yeah. We actually, uh, Mark Sutherland is the saxophonist who played on that. And he's all, he's he's always been one of my heroes. Uh, here in, I'm born and raised in Kansas City. I, use, I, I go and watch a lot of jazz. and uh, Or at least I used to before I got so ridiculously busy. Um but Mark Sutherland uh, actually runs that free jazz group that Annie was singing in when I when I approached her about doing voices with us. And he is, man, he is out there. That guy has crazy altissimo. He sounds kind of like John Zorn going crazy with the honkiness. And he also makes his own horns. He makes his own horn. Zorn on the horn. Yeah, John Zorn. You guys know who John Zorn is? 
Absolutely not. But you <laughs> seem to really like him. I, you know, I don't think I've ever he's like heard a mad, jazz. He, he's like a he's like a jazz mad scientist. So there's some there's some stuff that he does that's like incredible, and I could listen to it over and over. But most of it is just like unlistenable ideas. Yeah, that's how a lot of free jazz guys are. They yeah, just have like Kanye West, right? Well, I mean, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would say that's that his new album. His his stuff is literal yeah. is like, like purposefully yes. geared more to be marketable. John Warren doesn't give a fuck, you know, about marketability. There's a lot of jazz people that don't care about oh, marketability, and I really, I really admire that because they get to do whatever art they feel like. But at the same time, man, they got to do other stuff to make money. They ain't making it off free jazz, well, that's for sure. We don't get to Kansas City much, you know, because. That's no not one, true. I go no there all the time. No one's threatening us, so why would we go? I go there. Yeah. I go there often. You know. <laughs> No, you don't. Michelle has friends that live in uh, Olathe. No. I've been to Kansas City once. It was a a shithole. I've been there twice. Where did we go? The living room or something? We didn't go to Kansas City. Yeah, that's where we saw the hotel. The the living room is a place in Kansas City. Oh, yeah, you did go to that. Mm -hmm. Never mind. Yeah, he went went to Kansas City. And then I went back and ended up at the same place. Yeah. How long ago? How how long ago was this? Five years. <laughs> Five years ago. You know, the place is, is rapidly growing. It's still it's still small. It's still not like a, a comic book metropolis or whatever, like uh, New York or L.A., but uh, I like it here. It's comfy. Illinois is a state. Yeah, it is. Kansas is not like Illinois. It's a different place. Kansas City. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm in the Missouri side. The, I'm, I'm on the cool side. I'm sorry. Is yeah, the cool side. Well, we're right around the corner. It was what, a seven-hour drive. It's it's Maybe. like four hours, seven hour. Yeah, like a seven-hour drive. Um, so if you drive two hours and we drive two hours, we could meet up and just start this in person. Columbia, oh. I think. Right. <laughs> you want to just restart? Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, none right. of this is usable. I think we could all agree <laughs> on that. Um, I I will say okay. So I was looking through your list. Uh, Life reset. That is one you did, correct? I mean it. Uh-huh. Just the double check. I love that book. I've not I've not listened to it because I don't particularly like green main characters for oh, some it's, reason. It's awesome. But Thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> Audible Audible uh, thinks that it's going to be my favorite book, and it is always telling me to listen to it. It's good. I have it. Well, I'm I'm glad the Audible's doing some work then. Um, yeah, you know. for it's sure. a long one too, isn't they, it? They Twenty take- hours. They take a lot of the money, so yeah. Well, it work. it is all it is like the first one that pops up, mm. and I sorry that I made fun of your green. It's okay, people. I didn't write him. No, Josh wrote a a book with a char- main character is green. Oh, I see. <laughs> and I didn't didn't think about it. When Slime I girl. Uh, we need Slime. Annie Alacost <laughs> to narrate her. I think I've seen that around. Yeah, I, I talk about it constantly. <laughs> it, it contributes to the three sales a week I make. <laughs> or, hey, that's not bad. It's not. Eventually, I'm going to... I mean, I bought one this week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Christmas present. Yeah. I a Christmas one. present to him? No. I bought, no. Him, bought his book as a Christmas present. Someone else. Okay. That's what everybody's getting this year, so check your stocking. <laughs> You're sending him one? That's nice of you, John. Yeah, I'm going to. 
So, so wait, so you're gonna I, stuff stockings with your book, and they're gonna buy your book for Christmas for your birthday that gift? Seems fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's only right. But yeah. I, I've my stockings are a a two month old child, my wife, and three dogs, and I don't think anyone <laughs> give a shit about my book. Your wife might. <laughs> she didn't like it. <laughs> she's probably jealous. Did you see the the girl on the cover? Yeah, she's she's, she looks at. It, she's like, who's this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> she did say well, that. The whole purpose of Slime Girl is to be unappealing, right? Yeah. She's not unappealing, though. You, she's just she's not very appealing. So let me, let me ask you this. Uh, you once said that the most difficult title you ever recorded was The Untouchables. Is that still true? Um, yeah. Uh, well, okay, it depends on your definition of difficulty. Um, like, word for word. Just you in- said it. I'm, I'm basing oh, okay. off of what All right, your but definition is. This, this was something that I probably said years ago before I did Monster Hunt. And and, and this, was, this was back when all I was doing was narration. Now I'm doing music and sound effects for almost everything. Um, and, and, you know, coordinating multicast for everything. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a much different thing. It's like, it's like, okay, narratively, I have less to do. But there's way more responsibilities running this company, so. And the company Sound Sound Booth. Sound Booth Theater. That's correct, Thank sir. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We just <laughs> needed that audio clip yeah. for legal reasons. <laughs> so, so you have your. So, is it just you and uh, I forget her name. Annie. Annie. No. Uh, so we have eight people. Oh wow. Now. Yeah. Um. And you know, we're 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 bringing people in slow. You know, I find talent that I like. Um, I approach them. I, I, I uh, you know, ask them if they like the deal. If they do, then they, they come aboard. We give them a book. Uh, if they do well with it, we give them another. And, you know, we'll, we're, we're weaving people into our uh, just our character voices as well as just as just narration. Um, my company is very flexible and it's all about people uh, figuring out what their strengths are. And playing to those, you know. Um, so yeah, eight. Let's see. We got me, Annie Ellicott, Justin Thomas James, um, who is also project manager. Uh, he's he's probably done the most narrations under the Sound Booth Theater label besides me. Um, then we have Lori Catherine Winkle. Uh, Andrea Parsno is doing character voices for us. We're trying to get her to do a full narration with us, um, but it's just hard to schedule her. She's just very busy. Um, she's like, she's the one, I think she's the one person in our crew who really, really established themselves before starting, started working with us. Well, okay, except for Gary Furlong, who I'm about to uh, mention. Gary Francis Furlong just joined us. Um, he's a great guy and a uh, great voice, awesome with accents. Uh, so he's, we're just about to release his first book with us uh, this month. And then we have uh, Dory Sachs, brand new, not even like hadn't even established herself as a voice actress yet. She's a YouTuber, um, and she's we're starting her off on character voices. the The company keeps growing, man. This year has been insane. Like I don't, I like it's so insane growth to this year that I almost had a mental breakdown thing, and I'm like trying to prevent that from happening. Next Do year you- we're gonna, what's that? No, I was going to say, I was thinking, do you ever like, I don't know if you're doing your book and you're just like, there's one character and you, you think I can't do this voice. 
and but I got one guy that's specific for it. Would you ever pull somebody in for what like like a one character or? Yep. Yeah, it's happened before. Um, it's happened before where, I, actually, w- one time what happened? Uh, you guys know Charles Dean, heroic villain, War Eternus. Uh, the first heroic villain, there's a cameo by another narrator. Like so, so the game lit lit RPG community is pretty tight knit. All the narrators and all the authors kind of know each other, and they talk to each other all the time. And so, there's this trend going on, especially with Dave Wilmarth and, Char- and Charles Dean, where they're naming characters after people in the community all the time. And so, one of the narrators, Anna- Annalise Rennie, um, was featured. And so we just brought her in. We we're like, yeah, just do your part real quick for your little cameo. Yeah, we've been trying to get people to add three podcasters. <laughs> to their book and yeah, the they just group, won't do it the group's too tight-knit that yeah. we can't get ourselves in there just hang in the community for a while just you know just stew in there do you know get to know people send some messages within six months you'll make a cameo in a book i promise how long have we been doing this podcast guys? <laughs> five years five years in the game in the game in the game lit lit rpg click in the we game with RPG. Even, we're not even asking for much. We're just like, you know, just put three podcasters in there, two of them named Josh. It's really confusing, we know, but like <laughs> just roll with it. We did ask someone to rewrite their book, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but they agreed to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, was it Couch Potato? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm hoping I'm hoping some of the sequels that come out in the near future will Yeah, uh, we're next year you're just gonna see so many random game lit books about three random podcasts. Like you're going to be getting requests to record just so many so many books that mention us, you're going to get sick of it. You're going to be I, calling us and be like, listen, can you just do a cameo? And we'll be like, no. I'm happy yeah, to that, drive. I See, me personally, I'm happy to drive to Kansas City to, to get it on. I'll never come to Kansas City. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so why was Monster Hunt the one you decided to go all out on and make it like unbelievable for anybody else to try to top yeah you ruined audiobooks like, it just can't be touched anymore uh well Harmon cooper actually it was his idea um he came up with with the idea for the book because we're i mean him and i are both kind of frustrated musicians anyway you know we both wish we were kind of doing that as a career and now i'm, I'm kind of starting to which is pretty awesome i mean i'm incorporating it into our productions i'm finding more excuses to make music all the time um but he was very impressed with how annie and i worked together how well we worked together on the last warrior of unagaya which was the first series that i had annie come in on um and he liked the idea of us kind of having like a partner deal in New York City, going through that musician struggle, and he figured he'd, he'd make it, he'd put it in the gamelet genre with this interesting, you know, Pokemon Go take, and um, he thought he thought it would be cool to incorporate some of the music he'd been composing, and you know, to give me an opportunity to do something like this. Uh, it, it was a big experiment, and it was written specifically for this. It was written specifically to be made into uh, a more epic audio experience like this. Um, 
But, you know, Harmon is probably my favorite author that I'm working with as far as just his material. And, and I think that's that's really what cinched it for me, what made it like a no-brainer for me. Okay, I get to work on one of Harmon Cooper's books. I get to play a musician and kind of be in a story about the musician's struggle. I get to make a bunch of music with one of my musical heroes. And... Um, I get to incorporate all of this into my main job. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, you know, it's obviously it's it's not the most successful book I've done, but it may it may break even sometime, and it was totally worth it. it the the experience How long itself. Has it been out because I feel like like you said the whole Pokemon Go thing, Pokemon's coming back now, so I feel like it, hey. it could get more traction if people just gave it a shot. You know. I would love it. I would love it if people would give it a shot. If you look at the ratings and reviews, they're all they're all at the very top. You know, they're ju- it just doesn't for some reason it's not reaching people uh, as it easily. It might be the and, cover. The cover looks a little like uh, not even like an anime, but like a I don't know a foreign anime, <laughs> like a not a great anime. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have passed up if I just by the cover, honestly. Really, I, I always I always thought the cover was like brilliant. So you know maybe we could mess. Well, with I that changed bit. my mind completely. Then no, you don't have to. <laughs> like, I, like this is the first time I've I've heard this, and I'd love to hear more people's input on the cover. You know, like anything anything to get this thing moving. I put I, I did all the sound effects and music as well. I I composed most of it. Annie and I performed most of it. We also had a music producer with us kind of filling in the gaps and, and making it work properly because we had like no time to make, just to make actually it look like Pokemon this. Go exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Just and change yeah. the name of the book to How to Play Pokemon Go. How just, play, yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe, you know, there's that's all over ACX as well. You know, now, as a, a grown man, do you feel like the most unrealistic part of the book was him laying in bed with a girl in her underwear not realizing she liked him i don't know about unrealistic i i know that he that the main character is my least favorite part of the book (laughs) i thought he was charming how foolish he was well you know sometimes he is you know sometimes he is foolish and, and and entertaining and and uh he's a he's a decent guy but he's also irritatingly um unsure of himself in ways that don't make much sense and like especially when a like especially when a girl like her you know they fit together perfectly and and she's obviously showing interest i I don't understand that i i mean i guess i think you're reading too much into it a girl can have you lay in bed and be in her underwear and have you spoon her and not be interested um <laughs> I don't know about you. That happens that's all what, that's the what he time. Te- that's what he tells his wife. That's what my <laughs> wife does to me all the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, if if that's the story for that, I'll believe you. If that's okay. I'll, well, once you're married, you're... it's different. Well, let me <laughs> let me ask you this. And if it's it's a secret, you can just wink at us, and we won't say anything. Okay. All right. Is the whole. Is this just this book just like the first step to releasing a best of sound booth theater album where it's all the songs? It is now. It is now. <laughs> I see that look in his eyes. So so yeah, uh we 
book two is in production. Um, we kind of have to we kind of have to shift it around the schedule because it is such a mammoth undertaking, and there's so many other things that are a higher priority as far as sales and stuff um, that are being worked on at the moment. But it's slowly being put together, yeah, yeah, and most of the most of the music is already composed and recorded for book two. Um, but there's something really big happening next year that I'm not going to actually talk about on the podcast, but I think people should keep their ear out about what Sound Booth Theater is up to next year. Um, but there, there's a there's a, a good reason for it. We're we're actually going to be recording the, all of the music from the first two Monster Hunt books again with with an actual band instead of just kind of throwing it together with a with a composer and you know. Um, gearing it for background music, gearing it for being listened to as a part of the audio drama. Um, instead of that, it's going to be standalone music that is designed to be listened on its own. So it's going to sound like a full band. It's going to sound uh, better produced. It's not going to have sound effects and narration and stuff uh, messing with it. And it's going to be like 70 minutes long. So, um, yeah, that's a that's long awesome. way to say yes. That's that's one big reason why I'm doing so, why we want to do this. We want to. Is the Alakamas song gonna be in there? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's great. Plus, yeah. they're gonna have the dance party remix. Of it. <laughs> nice. We might, we might. Um, there's 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 a couple songs in book two that are even more ridiculous than Alakamas. So. <laughs> so. Are there a lot more songs in book two? Because I don't remember. That, I mean, there were songs in book one, but there weren't uh, a ton. I heard there's what five or six, right? Because they did some together. There's about twelve. Um, oh, because when they go to all the background, see all the background music. There, there's there's lots of other background music that they're, Are they you don't sing together. Happy birthday is two songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I'm I'm counting that as one one song. Um, the the rest. You know, we need to write lyrics for, write melodies for, basically take that background music and instead of it being background music, make it into this um, more. I, I mean, I would I would say that the the band that the main characters in Monster Hunt are in plays kind of a mix between jazz and um, indie rock, and and I and I want the entire thing to sound that way. You know who I really identified with in that book was Sal. Sal? Yeah, the neckbeard he fought. Oh. <laughs> I just saw myself. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That guy. Uh, man, I can't even remember how I did his voice now. Was I kind of like this? Uh, yeah. Did he have one of these? He's the fat dude. <laughs> He's the fat dude. Yeah, yeah I got I the like, sort of a jolly sound to him. <laughs> He gave him uh, that that was a good match. Thanks for fighting your Pokemons on my Pokemons. That was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I I mean, it's just that you didn't need to make his voice so sexy, but it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do that, you know, unnecessarily sexy voices. That's yeah, I, th I think that's, that's necessary for any character that doesn't have any real significance. Just make them as sexy as you possibly can so that they're not wasted. Fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how I live my life. So you said that's not your most <laughs> successful book. What was your most successful book? Cherry Blossom Girls. No, uh, I no. I, Cherry Blossom Girls is probably our most famous or our, our most successful Harmon Cooper title. Um, that one's narrated by Justin Thomas James. And that was a first, our first one where we did our full cast. 
uh, all four of us. I mean, back when it was just four of us. Um, World Tree Online. World Tree Online is sells okay, sells pretty damn good actually. That's, uh, a, Dust, that's another that Justin a, Thomas James. Yeah, that was a uh, really really good book. I I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, okay, unlike thanks. the one you're trying to talk about now, right, Josh? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that like you I did feel like World is Tree World Tree now. is it? It's kind of, it's relatively new, right? Yeah, there's no secret. It came out last year. No, okay, wait, well, it came out this year. It came out this year. Uh, at least the audio version did. Yeah. Oh, well, well, that, that is was, a great book. Well, that was the very first book that JDS actually said, we should get one of the people who did this on there. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing it for a long Yeah, that so ju- that, that one was narrated by Justin Thomas James as well. Um, I, I was his best friend on that one. Uh, what was his name? Um, oh, you were the, the like thief guy? The Yeah, the or dude the, who ended up road? running the guild. Yeah. The one that hung back and wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, I mean, they were old. They were old dudes together, and he uh-huh. was like, he's like, hey man, come try out this video game <laughs> yeah. with uh, his niece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah I was, yeah. I was mainly that guy, and I was one of the goons. I was one of the okay. goons. Well, and, I, uh, I, yeah, I, you I did honestly an did excellent even... goon number four. Yeah, you were a great goon. Now, uh, in that, who, but, who did but, the, no, no. The, the the little worm? The little worm. Shut up, Josh. There's no little worm. It's just a running gag with JDS has no idea what's going on ever. Oh, okay. Uh, So my my most popular title would probably be Super Sales on Superheroes. I love that one too. That one always shows up. Again, though, I'm I think I have a weird taste in like the the covers because. Mm-hmm. I kind of suck. I don't really because the cover? Doesn't, it doesn't look like I mean, the cover is just a bunch of naked ladies. Well, OK, yeah, I'm not. Those are the books I tend to stay away from. Those are I, the books I tend <laughs> to naked ladies. I don't like. The, yeah, no, <laughs> I like icky ladies. I like well, that. Here's the thing about people. The thing about covers with naked ladies is it's a total bait and switch, because as soon as you open it, you notice it's just letters. Uh-huh. And it's oh, total bullshit. Well, we get audiobooks, total so bullshit. we just hear, yeah, yeah. we're ready for naked ladies, and then we hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, worse. even better. Even worse. <laughs> right? um, uh, yeah, so Super Sales. I only did the first book in that in that series. Um, Nick Podell did the other two. Uh, it, gets, and, it gets a little weird. It does get a little weird. Yeah, I mean... That's, that's starts really out annoying. small, I mean, and then he's like running countries. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, that's just sort of the way Gamelit and Harem and all that works, and and I think that's part of what makes it so marketable is that people want to see that progression. They want to see something start small, and they want to see something build and and, and snowball and become um, a crazy mess. You know, I, yeah, I, I think that's reflected that's... in a lot of video games nowadays. That's one of the I like I like I love Gamelet, but that's one of the problems with it, is just everything always ramps up so quick. Like yeah. everything, you have like a series of ten books that take place over a year, and it starts out with, you know, he's he's got no money, and it ends with him being the god of the game or whatever. Yeah, and they're all just like that. Well, this yeah, is wh- bad because I can't remember who it was, but we had someone on, and what I really liked about their book was. By the end of it, their characters were stronger, but then they mention they're only as strong as a normal player would be at like level NPCs, one. Right? And, it was NPCs. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Drew mm-hmm. Hayes. Another <laughs> Hayes. Yeah. So many Hayes coming. Go. Your brother Drew Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he has a buildup of four books with NPCs. And then on book four, he mentions that at this point, they're only as strong as a starting character would be. That's I mean, I love that. I, I love the subversion of expectations there. Um, I I wish more Gamelit would explore that. I wish more Gamelit and Lit RPG was more about m- gamer experiences that we actually have. You know, I think that's when Gamelit and Lit RPG really shines is when I'm reading it and someone does something that I like find some exploit in the game that I would totally do, you know, or or so, turn something mundane into like into something that breaks the game for them. Yeah, you know, like, I like. I like the ones where they're like, oh, yeah, and they're, they're going to get into the game, and then they have to wait 40 minutes for an update to download, and then they just have to go to work and don't get to play it that day. <laughs> Those are my favorite books. <laughs> or, or like the one where they get stuck in between a chair and a wall, and they can't get out, so they have to reset their game. Yeah, yeah that's a good <laughs> No, but but you get what I mean. Like, I, it, when, when there's an actual connection between me as a gamer and what's happening in the story is when I when I really get excited. Not not like these power trips, right? Where I mean, I think I think that urban fantasy and fantasy and sci-fi are guilty of the 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 power trips as well. It's just with game lit and lit RPG, it's it's so much easier to do. So and it, what Jeff is saying is he's really bad at video games <laughs> and he likes to be represented in books. And he might beat up Cameron <laughs> for his all his OP characters. How how are you guys seeing through me so easily? <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I I kind of uh I kind of agree with you. A lot of times like a character so they do the I guess they look at it like they they they're upgrading their character constantly and at some point their char- like you can't just upgrade their character. Um, so they start like upgrading a town. They take over a town and yeah, they start upgrading yeah, yeah. a town. So I, I feel like they're just like it's kind of the genre is just that feel that like instant gratification of like your main character getting a new skill. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the thing is, every game in Gamelet's just the easiest damn game in the world. <laughs> well, if think... anyone else played it, <laughs> you put like thirty hours into it and you're level two hundred and ninety. Yeah. I think that's why like Way of the Shaman was really good. Because the first start of it, he's in prison, so he's at the very lowest, and he has to grind you, his so, way. So, where the shaman is a Bethesda game? game? He everything in the game. Sorry, yeah. what? So, where the shaman is a Bethesda game? <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty much. Exactly. All right, you guys want to do some of these? No, I've got, questions? I've got more questions. He's got more questions. So, cool. everything you've done so far has been uh, like sci-fi, lit RPG stuff like that, right? Or sexy. Not, not everything. I, I've done. I've done a few things. Like you mentioned, Untouchables. That was like a an ultra violent, ridiculous, uh, Irish versus Italian mafia romp, with like lots of sex and idiocy. Like uh, it was. It was. It's great. It it kind of reminded me of if if maybe. Um, uh, what's that Rodriguez director? The guy who did uh, Spy Kids and Desperado. Um, Robert Rodriguez? Yeah. That yeah, yeah. It's, right. like that, it's like one of that guy's movies, except he's on PCP. Yeah, Spy Kids was pretty violent. <laughs> Spy Kids was... <laughs> Spy Kids 3D had Stallone in it. Yeah, but Spy Kids <laughs> 2 had Buscemi in it. Wow. 
So would you consider doing more stuff like that? Like if uh, Spy Kids? Uh, Cecilia Von Ziegler came and wanted you to do the Gossip Girl series. Would you do that? Um, that sounds like something that makes money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, would totally do that. (laughs) I would totally do that. Yeah. What if someone's like, I'd uh, really like you to do the Bible? (laughs) Probably no money, dude. No, no, there's no No, but the Bible is. uh, It's been recorded so many times. When anyone can do it. Public domain. Public domain. domain. So if you want to do the Bible, Oh, yeah, I could. I could totally do it. No one has to hire me to do that. You could could do it it in all your voices and, like, get super (laughs) sexy with it. That'd be be actually kind of funny. But it's going to be, like, what, 100,000 hours long? So I don't think I'm... Yeah, it's kind of a long process. They've got it on Audible. It's only, like, 180 hours. Oh, no. Well, in that case... In in, Sound booth theaters, <laughs> sexy New Testament. Wait, is that what's coming out next year that you didn't want to talk about yet? Yeah, don't push him. How are you guys? You're seeing through everything, and <laughs> it's kind of scary. I have a question. Um, have you ever recorded a book, and you're like, man, this is really erotic, and then your parents are like, hey, we love the new book. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's never happened. That's never happened. Uh. Neither of my parents listen to any of my audiobooks, so that's that's never gonna happen anyway. So Do you send them codes and try to get them to, or you oh. or you prefer it this way? No, I don't. Do you give tell a them shit. you're a doctor. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't believe if I did. You're like I do audiobooks, and your parents are like, "What's an audiobook?" No, they know now. <laughs> They know do now. They know you what do I'm erotic audiobooks? Um, s- sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> no one can see how awkward you're acting. <laughs> you should give them some for Christmas. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> All right. Well, give them that. Just give them a couple chapters of that Bible you were doing. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. My, my dad, my dad's super into like Jesus and stuff now, so maybe I should. <laughs> he pulls you aside and says, "Hey, that morning wood was awesome. <laughs> you hooked me but, up with a but credit dude, for book. But dude, I mean, I wouldn't be awkward about that because I everybody loves large chests. is one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's so hilarious and fun and stupid. It is. It's not just like a harem thing. It's, it's no. funny and fun. It's yeah. a lampoon on all of it. It's a lampoon on Game Lit and Lit RPG. It's a lampoon on harem. By making, like, there, there's nothing there's nothing sexy about the sex scenes, you know? All the sex scenes are very disturbing, and you kind of want them to be over, like, soon, <laughs> you know? Well, that's uh, just how most people feel about sex in general. Yeah, it's icky. Didn't, what were you saying about girls? <laughs> yeah, they're icky. <laughs> If a girl, a sexy girl's on the cover, JDS doesn't want it. Wow. Going the other way though, uh, if you look at like all those like erotic uh, books for women, like the dudes with the chest and stuff, <laughs> they don't even have fat. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> There's muscles and stuff there, but all you have to do is throw like a hand holding fire, and it looks just like a lit RPG yep. book cover. <laughs> 
yeah, that's that's true. Uh, formulas formulas do emerge in that way, and that is certainly a uh, lit RPG formula. But um, I don't know. I'd like I I I think I've actually done some stuff like that. Some more uh, female um, oriented erotic ish stuff. Uh, Pippa DaCosta is an is an author I work with. Um, I did the first four books of her her kinky sort of firefly series you know the the firefly tv show it's it's kind of like that gritty um smuggler in space but he's got you know he's got an edge to him he's got uh, he's got a, he's got some abs and he's got some abs um, off. <laughs> you know i like i like to play that over the top i like to play that over the top sexy guy type of thing um because that's what you are in real life, and it's just yeah, exactly. Easy. I just it's very natural for me. I mean, you have had your shirt off the whole interview, so <laughs> it was kind of awkward at first, but now it's fine. It's, yeah, we're just used to I it. I couldn't even imagine you with a shirt on anymore. It's like you keep doing that peck dance though, and it can't look like. <laughs> did you notice? Did you notice the pattern that I greased my chest hair into? Did you see that? <laughs> I did. See I that? did. It's good. What, what are you that? showing you me? Worked with Jamie Hawk, our favorite. Oh yeah, you worked with oh, Jamie Hawk. Supers, X Heroes. Um, yeah, I did Psycho Bitches. I actually narrated Psycho Bitches. That one was fun. It's so ridiculous. We uh, have we we in general have nothing against Jamie Hawk. He just said he was going to be on, and at the very last minute, he didn't want to have a heat stroke because the studio didn't have air conditioning. Uh, okay. All right. So, we found out where he lived and beat his ass. All right. <laughs> Just something well, to keep in mind when you tell other I'm going to pretend you didn't tell me that because, you know, if like if I officially knew, I would have to do something about it because he's my <laughs> client. man. like, you know, I got right. like, dude, Sound Booth is not Sound Booth Theater is not just an audiobook production company. We <laughs> dude, you, pay, you're, you're, you are you are paying for protection in this motherfucker. Right. All right. So, I mean, you better pay up. But if you pay up. We'll watch out for you, you know. So okay. well, I, I have to officially to you, not hear what you're we saying did it about. We two years ago. Pizza. You can't stop okay. us. <laughs> okay. Oh well. Yeah, that was before we started doing business together. So you know, the past is I in the past. The, past, 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 the past, past is in the past. Yeah. Do we I don't know though? But like, he, you've got eight people, but the three of us are pretty tough. Well, we're 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 from the streets. We're overweight. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so we have more weight to <laughs> yeah, throw we have exactly. more weight for the punches. But how's your ground game? That's that's the question in today's... Uh, well, in, today. in a fight, I am going to immediately lay down on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen him do it several times. <laughs> so. But I fight... I, I definitely don't fight dirty. I yeah, fight super not. clean, so expect that. You don't want to complain. Okay. What? You don't want to complain. Um... What was I complaining about? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I wasn't complaining about the narration. Your narration was perfect on the the, the challenge. The challenge, I believe, was it that he talked to women so weird? Was that the problem? What was that? Who talked um, to women weird? The the main character? Maybe. I can't remember if that... We were talking about it, and there was something off about it. It wasn't the narration. We know that. Well, that is probably the way he talks to women, because, like... Everything in Gamelet RPG, every 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 Gamelet author is super it, awkward with women. Oh yeah, like even in even in 
uh, Monster Hunt NYC. I remember when he was on the train and the girl was feeling sick, so he pulled her on his lap. That seemed really awkward to me. That's not what you do with sick women. That's not what you do. <laughs> well, it m- might be what you do if no one else can tell she exists. Well, I personally would have sent them back to the dojo, but I'm not super awkward. That would make women. more sense, yeah. But, you know, it, it's. I, I guess he's like, he feels like he's in the real world. He doesn't know what to do. His reflexes aren't on point as far as dealing with invisible ladies that may not exist. Okay. Well, he had just gotten punched in the face the day before. But also, as it, we all were teenage boys. We know how to deal with imaginary women. Right. Come on. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the challenge, the thing with the challenge, I, I kind of remember now, it, he's supposed to be, it, it was just like, I couldn't tell at times. I really did not like the main character. Like, as a person, I didn't like him, which I don't know if that necessarily like I, I at some sometimes I'm like either the author is not good or he's brilliant because I can't like I, I didn't know if he wanted me to kind of not like him. No, no, you're not supposed to like that guy. OK, wait, did you no, do no, no. book two as well? Yes. Challenge is book one. Obliteration is book two. OK. Yeah. OK. How many books have you narrated? Like 10,000, two million trillion, right? 130, I think 130. Uh, it's it's gonna look like more than that now because I've fe- I'm featured on so many I do character voices on so many of our productions that you know my name's on a lot of them where I'm just doing the character voices but if if you're on Audible and you look at all of our books uh, the first person's name is the actual narrator and everybody else's character. Now is there a way? When you go to Audible to just look for sound booth books, because I have not figured out how to do that. Um, unfortunately, no, because in the meta, it's hard to get our name into the metadata and like to get a link on it. There's a few of them where we succeeded, but it's not going to take you to all of them. It's just going to take you to the ones that we succeeded with. So if yeah. you just search my name and remember to leave the E out of my last name, um, <laughs> if you just search my name, I'm on almost every sound booth theater book that's going to be changing a bit next year i'm going to be doing less and less uh actual character work more and more administrative work more and more um you know big picture stuff next year for me but have you considered creating a fake person named sound booth theater and then crediting him or her honestly we, we could put sound booth theater in the narrator field you know maybe maybe we should do that and then when the checks come in, you legally change your name to Sound Booth Theater. Double, you know, double that's, paychecks. That's actually just, why don't you legally change your name to Sound Booth Theater? Maybe I should. <laughs> that sounds way easier than like setting up an LLC and all that nonsense. Yeah. Well, and as you were saying, the past is the past. So all those things you already narrated, that's, that's, that's Jeff's problem. You're yeah, Sound Booth Theater now. <laughs> All that debt that Jeff was in, yeah, <laughs> forget it. Gone, gone. <laughs> I'm a new, I'm a new entity. That's right. That's how it works. Yeah. I, I mean, are there are there other just um, narrator groups like this? I mean, ah. he's he calls them a narrator gang. Oh, sorry, you're a gang. <laughs> gang. I forgot. Yes, gang. 
Um, I mean, are, are there I, other people I, doing what you do? Because the people we've talked to, they've just been then like they they work on their own. Steve those Campbell are, worked. Those are the only people who are willing to be on. No, oh, what's, okay. What's it, Steve Campbell? He podium? just signed up. Yeah, podium. But that's Podium Publishing, so like oh, that's yeah, a publisher. So Steve doesn't work for them. They just hired him to do a book. I actually prefer the word the the term cartel. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I as far as I know. I, as far as I know, Soundbooth Theater is the only group doing this. I mean, there's Graphic Audio. And they, they've they been around since before Audible. Graphic Audio, they do their own audio dramas, and they have their own distribution right. platform, and they basically own the audio drama shelves at all the uh, gas stations across the country that truckers stop at. You know, So Graphic Audio... They, as a crew, have have their own niche of the market carved out, and they have the same voice actors on every production. And there's like 30 people. There's like 30 different actors on each one of their productions. It's it's a it's insane, man. They got they got a nice operation going. I don't know how much money they make. They must make something. To like thirty dollars a tape, I think. Yeah, I think it's thirty dollars a tape. Do you guys like offer? professional like when you when an author comes to you guys and say well, you know i want to work with you do you do you kind of talk with them to work out the best way to make their audiobooks sound or did they just kind of say this is how i want it to sound i mean obviously your monster hunter nyc or whatever it was hunt yeah i mean that's different than the other ones did you kind of talk him into it or her no no, no. He, he it was his idea he wrote um, the book for the audiobook, as as he has told you earlier in this podcast, when you weren't paying attention. Now, is it true attention. that the author of the book is just a little worm? <laughs> I was paying attention. I just thought he was. I just thought we were talking to Drew Hayes at the time. <laughs> so, I don't know if Corey told you before you came out, but this is like the worst freaking podcast. We are awful at it. We've been doing it for so long, we've not gotten the least bit better. We are praised um, by the way we don't put our guests on a pedestal, though. Yeah, no, I, I like, you know, I think that's what I liked most about listening to the Luke Daniels podcast, because I was like, okay, another fucking podcast guy is going to lick lick the guest's asshole, and then, uh, no, no, actually, no, it was, it was actually fun. There was some back and forth, and uh, you guys don't seem to give that much a fuck <laughs> in that way you know and that makes for more inter- entertaining listening in my opinion instead of somebody being like so today uh we have a fantastic guest i never thought i'd be able to say these words before but uh you know like i don't want to hear that i want to hear um uh, all well, right here's a, here's a guy us. let's get to know him you know yeah, so when one of us really likes someone the other two most likely don't know who they are <laughs> exactly well i i will say don't listen to the david petrie episode because there's like 30 minutes of that where we just start talking about how good his book oh, is. oh i love party hard so bad it was really good though we were all <laughs> oh don't hey. listen to the larry daniels episode because this dude was blown away who's larry daniels what larry doyle oh because he wrote, he wrote on the for the simpsons, simpsons. <laughs> Look, we try not to be nice to our guests at all, but sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes. Well, it, that's the thing. When you're nice and it comes out organically and it actually feels sincere, then then it makes sense, you know. But if if like right out the gate you're kissing someone's ass, it's boring. And we have no idea what happened to David Neth. We had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
His mysterious disappearance has nothing to do with us. <laughs> okay, I feel like there was a question that I was supposed to answer, and then we got off topic. Oh no, he was that asking. Happened? He was he was asking if. Uh, oh, okay. So how Harmon authors? Cooper wanted you. To do well, no, no, I just, just, no, I just that, that was that was a bit of a tangent because you were asking yeah. you were asking how we decide what we do for what authors is that well if that was just part of the package too like i mean you get someone who's done 130 audiobooks and they can kind of work with you to make your book sound the best way it can sound right um so the way that our deal works with authors is we split uh, we split royalties down the middle with authors and we take care of all the expenses and organization um, we like to get as much input from the author as we possibly as they're willing to give us as far as like, you know, how they want certain characters to sound or, you know, if there are certain elements of the production that they want to be accentuated or anything like that. But most authors are just like, uh, I don't know how you guys do it, but you make awesome audiobooks, So here you go. And we just do it. And they're like, ah. Yeah, I don't care. Have it done by Tuesday. See you later. Now, as a commercial for your company, would you consider doing a pro bono audiobook that is only a minute long? <laughs> yes, 100%. Like a, a kind like of a spooky a... one, like a haunted living room type yeah, one would... yeah. written by someone you may know. This this is this this sounds like um this sounds like a golden opportunity for an for investment. Everyone, right? He wants yeah. all. He wants all eight of your voice actors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's only three characters, but we might need eight people. That's not not Just really. That's not really in the budget. But I can do all eight characters distinctly to where it sounds like you you have eight. I would also like a dog to be in the book. It's not written in the book, but I need you to freestyle some stuff. Yeah, um, so my dog's contract won't let her do that. She only does um, very specific things, and pro bono advertisements uh, do not qualify. So She is, I, she she is the very perfect. best girl. Yeah. <laughs> I do believe Luke Daniels ad-libbed a book for us about a pigeon. <laughs> is that not correct? <laughs> I about that. Oh my God. Okay, all right, yeah, so I got to outdo him? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, no, no. Just listen to that again and then re-record that <laughs> and then send us checks. It wasn't sexy. And we'll I send we'll you publish checks. Luke Daniels' voice or Luke Daniels' book narrated by... <laughs> yeah, if you ever wanted to work with Luke Daniels, here's your chance. All right, cool. He's the writer. Yeah, but no one, tell, no one tell him about this. Yeah, please He'll don't. get mad. He doesn't like it. He won't return my messages. No. I, I am in the market for narrators, so I'm, I may hire him someday. We'll see. I'll be there. Well, I mean, <laughs> do you want to teach us how to do it real quick? Uh, I teach you how to narrate? Yeah. Okay, so, all right. Look real. Okay, so take out a sentence. <laughs> well, look Cor really hard at read, it. So he's going to need you to record it first so that he can listen <laughs> yeah. to it and then record cool. it again. Yeah, we do but have it, some it, It's like tracing. Narrating it it can be like the... tracing. You, t you take my recording... And then you narrate over my narration, and then you blend them together. See, that's that's exactly what he's going to need you to do. So let me tell you how we got to interviewing narrators. Okay. Our plan was we were going to record an audiobook of this book called TTYL by Lauren Miracle. Are okay. you familiar with it? Nope. No. Nope. 
Yeah, you recorded part of it, Josh. No, I'm familiar with it. I'm saying no one else in the world is. So it's Continue. just it's just these text message conversations between these high school girls. Oh, and no. we thought, who better than us to record an audio <laughs> version of this? And the first chapter was done by your brother. Yes. So you weren't even there. And then we couldn't get past the when they talk about squirting. <laughs> it was oh, rough. Well, well, it got weird. There's a whole lot of laughing. It was in funny, it. yeah. So we'll send it to you. You whip okay. it up with some music. We'll put it out together. We'll, what am we'll I make whipping? A bajillion dollars. What am I whipping? You were just talking about female ejaculates, so I'm kind of yeah, like, yeah. you got, you got like weird images going through my head. <laughs> we're just going to send you a zip file full of audio files that you can create into books for us. Perfect, yeah. Bajillion dollars for everyone. Yes. Can you have it done by Tuesday, please? <laughs> um, I can do it right now. Or, or I'll just not do it. <laughs> so those are your options. Okay. You, I don't know what time it is at your house, but it's probably later than us. I'm, I'm central. Okay, oh, so we're the yeah. same. Yeah. He's in Missouri. Right? Oh yeah, that's a different uh, continent, right? <laughs> I'm not good at states. And Directly stuff. south. Okay. So you guys ready Wait, for these questions? No. Sound booth. You did a Pangea Online, right? Yeah. For Indeed, Rolf. that was that was our that was the first audiobook that Justin Thomas James narrated through us. Um, yeah, and I, that's actually the the first one that I'm not on. It's just Justin and Lori Catherine Winkle on that one. He yeah, Steve was one of our first guests. And yeah, I like that one. He moved to St. Louis to be closer to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, he hasn't called me for drinks or anything, so Wait, he must have found someone new already. He, he lives in St. Louis. He didn't call us for drinks. He called me. Oh, what? St. Louis isn't close to you guys, is it? It's like, yeah, I work. St. Like Louis is like four hours away from me. Well, it's close to us. It's like an hour and a half for us. Hour twenty. Really? Yeah. We're all real close together, so. The three of us. I wasn't you, joking. I'm Steve. In, I'm in Kansas uh, City all the time. Yeah, guys, we'll, we'll all I, meet up. I, was, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna like commit to hanging out with anybody unless I know what kind of drugs you have. So it doesn't matter. You've committed. What do you mean? No. <laughs> we're gonna get together. Mean, it doesn't matter. We're all gonna get into your little booth. What's the point in hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be millionaires. Okay. I've been okay. known to take two aspirin at a time. <laughs> not to. Man, living on the edge, Corey. Hey, best friends. Thanks for listening to JVJ Podcast. This week we have a very special announcement. Your favorite podcast host, Josh Hatfield, published his first book on Amazon. That's right. The long-awaited Slime Girl is up and ready for you to buy. We'll leave a link in the episode's description. Here's a little bit about the book. In the year 2101, most people spend most of their free time in islands, a virtual world that lets you be whoever you want to be. Sylvia Grohl is a 19-year-old starting college when she learns that relationships can get complicated when you're not being honest. Things take a turn for the worst when she starts receiving creepy packages in the mail. Will she be able to unravel the mystery before it's too late? Or will she have to face the consequences of her own actions? Action, adventure, demons, slime girls, this book has it all. (laughs) Wow, that sounds like one hell of a book. I know I would buy it. How about you? These questions were sent in by Erica Vincent. First question, best fair food? Fair food. Um, that would be that would be funnel cake. Have you ever been to a fair? Mm, maybe yes, I think. 
Do you want to hear about a recent fair type experience I had? Yeah, I no. do. Okay. I uh, <laughs> you're 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 outvoted here. I went to Apple Fest in my my town, and we got corn dogs, and I was eating the corn dog right. Yeah. And I get far enough where I get the stick, and then I pull the corn dog off, and the stick is like sharp and pointy. Yeah. Like it could have killed someone. Yeah. It. They just stick it in a hot dog. It's fine, man. What do you want? What you want to stick I a dog fell? stick in a hot yeah. dog? Yes. What is wrong with Why don't you get a drill I... out, make a pilot hole so there's no splitting, and then put the stick in? <laughs> I did like splitting is a problem. Pilot hole, like, okay, make sure, make sure that the drill bit that you use is just big enough. You don't want it yeah. too big to where to where you, you know the stick doesn't stay in there. Yeah. Well, you just do like an eighth. <laughs> wait, 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 an inch is more. You're than drilling enough. a hot dog with a hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's not ridiculous. gonna work. It would have I, to be a cold oh, hot dog. I don't think I'm emphasizing how I'm sharp the stick terrible was. pictures right now in my head from this conversation. Well, hang on. Let me hot tell you why I don't trust why I don't trust uh, a fair corn dog anymore. I was yeah. eating one one time, right? Mm-hmm. And it just felt weird. So yeah. I pulled I pulled the corn off, and it was just a rolled piece of bologna. <laughs> no <laughs> way! What? Oh. <laughs> That's the same. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't I matter. I thought you were going to say there was a razor blade in it, but that's even worse. Um, yeah. Um, I'll never go back. You know, Corey, you kind of have got me thinking, though. Because you would think, eating a, eating a corn dog, you fall. You would think you get hit in the face with a corn dog, no problem. <laughs> No. It's a, a there's a pointy stick in there. All I'm saying is, if I'm at a fair, I want a corn dog, and of course I want to run while I eat it. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? <laughs> well, you, it's you, a fair. It's you have fun. The fair energy. <laughs> yes. and you gotta get out, out of fair energy. Yeah. This yeah. is why metal. This is why metal straws are not popular. Apparently. Yeah. You know that? Dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous. They're 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 fucking dangerous. Imagine falling. Mm-hmm. With a with a with a drink. In front of you, and yeah. you got a metal straw sticking out. I don't. We were so worried about sea turtles, we killed a billion people. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't fall enough to care. I don't know why all these people are falling. When was the last time? Then you you're not drinking enough. You're not partying yeah, hard enough. I, I mean, seriously. I've ever I don't think you have fun then. Yeah, you gotta run. Wrong with you. I run all the time. I've have, got spare energy in my soul. You have all of your motor faculties when you're partying. I don't want to have yeah. it, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it sound like fun. I, I fell, have a kid. I'm not allowed to I party. I fell two days ago. I was <laughs> Erica fell on the chair, and I was trying to lift her up, and my foot slipped out, and I bloodied my knee and hit my head on the door. It was were, horrific. Were you holding a corn dog? I, luckily, I set my corn dog down because I remembered. <laughs> so I'm going to shock you guys with my fair food. Okay. Okay. Are you right. sitting down, Jeff? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, thralled. It's going to be in the vein of the corn dog, but there's not going to be a dog involved. It's the the fair corn, because it's not like regular corn. Like Massimo corn. It's like Massimo corn. Oh, you're talking like street corn. Street Street corn. corn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like from the streets. Yeah, like us. Yeah. That's why I I relate. Okay. I don't think I have a fair... I've never like, oh man, I want to get that fair food. But I do know uh, deep fried Oreos suck. Yeah, most horrible. deep fried treats suck. Well, see, I was gonna go with fri- deep fried treats of fried, all kinds. <laughs> fried pickles. Fried pickles. Oh, that's well, that's good. different. I've that's never a seen savory. those at a. That's not a treat. That's not a treat. That at yeah. Broom Festival. It's not a treat. He's Broom right. Festival. Yes, I went well, to Broom Festival no. not too long ago. Oh, really? I was running. We'll talk everywhere. We'll, don't don't bring up. We'll talk about Broom Festival off the air. 
this is none of his business. <laughs> Isn't that but, weird what we celebrate? I'm guessing it's not really brooms, but I'm no, it was it was hand the handmade like corn straw brooms. <laughs> oh, it is what I thought it was. It was it's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. Now, hang on, are you talking about like just regular deep fried pickles, or are you talking about the ones in the Kool Aid, the red ones? Oh, what? You don't know that Kool Aid pickle? Yeah. So they put they take the pickle. What? Yeah, they take uh, the pickle. This is true. Give it a Google. They've got the pickle juice. And then they pour the Kool-Aid in, they pour some sugar in, they stir it up. No. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's no. true. What's going on? You know where I heard about it? Huh. Good Eats, out in Brown. I don't know if I could trust you because you didn't have Alfredo until you were in college. That's not, that's unrelated. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know it existed. Alfredo I, is, Alfredo is not fair food. It's not. Well, well, I like. Kool-Aid the, pickles are a thing. I agree I guess with maybe it. you could deep fry, ooh. So you deep take some, some chicken Alfredo, oh, and you you deep fry it. You put it in one of those tubes that you put sauce. That could, that that could be that could be fair food. Deep no, fried, it's it's basically deep fried Alfredo. Okay, here's my plan. Everybody, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> we get the, some sausage casing. We fill it with chicken Alfredo. Mm-hmm. We dip it in <laughs> in the, the corn dog stuff, oh. but we add garlic. Ooh, you spicy, got, muy caliente. So you've got garlic. You've got, <laughs> garlic is so spicy. <laughs> so spicy. So here's garlic. So you've got your your chicken Alfredo with uh you know garlic bread, corn dog. No. Mm. Well, you got you're thinking about this all wrong. <laughs> Just think a funnel cake, right? But instead of cake, the noodles fried. Pasta or white sauce on top. Why even oh. fry them? That's even the point of Man, it. I kind of want to throw up now. Not as good. <laughs> I say. And then you fry the whole thing again. I say oh, leave the noodles. I like how everything came full circle back to to funnel cake. Well, yeah, we're really good. Clever so. device. Mm-hmm. Ten minute okay. Alfredo fair conversation. Yes, dude. I think we can all agree so, Alfredo funnel cake. Yeah, yeah. Alfredo yeah. funnel. Yeah. The yeah, thing I, is. The the full circle is kind of our thing. Okay, so yeah, let's let's move on to some more questions, guys. I'm I'm ready to knock these out. Okay, next question. Do my civic duty here. What would be the best second language to know? Oh, my first is obviously Ugalan. Why? What? Is that a never never heard of Tagala? Tagala. Yeah. Because you don't speak Tagala. Is that is that the is that the the red things from Star Wars that steal shit on Tatooine? No. I believe that's, that's it's the language of the Philippines. Philippines, oh. correct. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, but but great th- insult to them. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Philippines, you look like red-hooded guys. Uh, um, I took two semesters of sign language. I was going to say sign language. Do you guys want to see the sign for hamburger? <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> I'm gonna say sign language is pretty good. Sign language. See, I'm not a nice guy, so I would, if I could learn a new language, I don't know what it'd be, but me and Danielle would learn some language that hardly anyone else knows, and we just talk about everyone all the time. Uh, okay. okay. Anish. Are, are no we one talking knows. about marketability when we're looking at our second language? Is that is that what you can? At? It's whatever's That's best. Something. But but what's the question? What's the question? What is it? Spanish? Would that be the no, second? He wants another question. Again. What's I, the I would, What's the best second language to learn? 
Like as a okay. person. For any any for reason you might come you up need with. It. Okay. Mm. That's tough. I never I'm terrible at languages. Other languages. I'm like good with with accents and stuff. I'm good with sounds, but I'm not good at creating a new association of a whole well, What you would need to do is Google what language sells the most audiobooks and just do that one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, probably Spanish. Probably Spanish. Probably Spanish. But, probably but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Japanese because Japanese is super easy to learn, even though I still sucked at learning what? it in high school. What are you yeah, talking about? No, no, Japanese is super easy to learn. Tori Wadoku Say, how do you go to the bathroom in Japanese? I don't remember, man. It's been forever. I told you I suck at language. Literally, the only thing we know how to say in Japanese. But but if you if you actually like study the language though it's very it makes a lot of sense unlike most languages there's an actual logic to it that you can kind of build uh, a theoretical understanding of um, oh like they say the words in order like in not in Spanish where they're like no this word goes behind there yeah and Obviously, now and now it's... you're a woman because I mispronounced this one word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. No, there's actually not a lot of that. You know, it's like, okay, the sentence structure is very simple. Any change in it means something very specific. Um, and all, all the, like, all the spelling out, um, you can, you can sound things out very easily when, with their hiragana alphabet. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. You guys heard it here first. Jeff Hayes is gonna. Go back and re-record all his audiobooks <laughs> in Japanese. Japanese, but not not actually in the Japanese language. I'm just going to use the Japanese pronunciation of English and a very racist accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, that's my specialty is very racist Asian accents. So. <laughs> okay. Question three: What happened to Roscoe? <laughs> oh man. The, the 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 chicken and waffles place? Yeah. I was thinking Roscoe's Modern Life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm we, also just afraid to touch my hair now because Josh is the lice police. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want lice. I'm sorry. No, we did it a podcast. A podcast. Uh, we did like a podcast. We did a podcast with our friend Roscoe and then he disappeared. Okay. So um, how he said he was going question? to this to this uh, Apple factory with David Neff. <laughs> Jello. <laughs> Jello, baby. Uh, if you don't understand the David Neff reference, he he was an author and he was on our podcast and then he disappeared and no one knows what happened to him. Oh. So um, yeah, kind of just so you guys know, I I talked to my mom like 30 minutes before <laughs> this podcast, so she knows what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, he's but got... she doesn't know what books you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, but I do, but I sent them your the link to your podcast, so yeah. she knows if something goes wrong, who to talk to. Just so, so we started a podcast. Well, hang on, why are we all of a sudden responsible for your safety, man? <laughs> <laughs> like if you get if you go out on the street and get murdered just, now, we're gonna have to just, answer your mom. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have let David Neff get murdered. We I have mean, made a lot of. Veiled threats to him. <laughs> True. And he then was, there were the straight out threats. We did tell him we wanted him to go to the Jello factory <laughs> to report. We're not responsible for the disappearance of anyone. Okay. <laughs> Flat so, out. Full stop. If, 
If you say so. Rod, you sound Roscoe's like the police, fine, man. guys. Roscoe's fine. He just doesn't podcast anymore. He's retired. All right. Next question. Made too much money. Yeah. What's the deal with the cold shoulder look? Does it look good? What? Cold, cold shoulder, shoulder look. look. I don't know. When you give someone the cold shoulder, aren't you purposefully not giving them a look? Aren't you, like, purposefully hiding yourself from them? Yes. So I, I guess it would be the back you. of your head is the cold shoulder look? Oh. I think we all need to. I assume it means, I don't know, sleeveless? <laughs> yes. It is oh, it is. It is sleeveless. Oh, that is not sleeveless. What is that? It's, uh, so, okay. So it's where your shoulders are popping out. Yeah, you, like, take your shirt and you cut a hole, right? <laughs> so your shoulders are cold. Yeah. That, no one does that. Uh, I literally saw someone wearing a shirt like that today. Is it was a girl it, thing? It, it was a girl, though. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, well, girls... it doesn't have to be, Jeff. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can do as you... if. Oh, was it an older lady? Maybe she was going, having like a hot flash. It was an older lady. And you know how older ladies' shoulders get so <laughs> they hot? They get very hot. Okay, Jeff, why are you cutting your shirt right now? <laughs> it's really awkward. Where did you even get that I shirt? Just, I thought I, you were doing the shirtless. I mean, when you guys told me that we were doing a voice-only podcast, I did not think that you were actually going to tell people what I'm doing on camera. So, like, why are we even, why are we even talking about this, hmm? We do that. Uh, a lot. I can do what I want with my T-shirts. We sneak attack people on the podcast. They we forget do. we can see them. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we'll, we'll see ne- next time. Next time we do a podcast, I'm uh, I'm wearing a costume. So you, who was it? Not even Bob, sure it's me. Bob Bevan, who kept getting up to get beers. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's then he's he's just like you guys wouldn't stop talking. So I'm sitting there. <laughs> yeah. He had a wireless headphone. He was just like just walking around the house. <laughs> he also had a kimchi fridge. That yeah, he was rich. He's cool. A kim, <laughs> a, out, a kimchi, like a fridge specifically for kimchi and nothing else. Uh-huh. He said he had to because it infects everything else. Oh, really? Well, yeah, his wife. His be. yeah, his wife makes a lot of kimchi, and they needed a, a separate refrigerator so it didn't make their, all their other foods taste like kimchi. Oh. You know how it is. Yeah, you know, you yeah, know it's it just is. how it is. Uh, okay, that's racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's kit maybe like kimchiest, but like no, no, I'm I'm He had another that. fridge that was just cuz I'm Asian. Water, right? It's cuz I'm Asian you guys were like, you know how it is. Have you, oh, okay. Have you ever <laughs> had kimchi? And to be fair, I did not know you were Asian. <laughs> Do no, I don't. I don't like kimchi, honestly. I, I'm I'm a weird guy. I don't like kimchi. I had it one time. I liked it, but I had it one time at a casino buffet, which I'm guessing <laughs> is not the best place to get kimchi. But it was all right. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I don't know. It's kind of a weird food, though. So you don't have a kimchi fridge? <laughs> I don't. I don't because there would be nothing in it because I don't like kimchi. Well, you could put other like, things. Like I could, like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I could put other things in a kimchi fridge. Yeah, I have a kimchi I, fridge. I, I, yeah, I mean, we... now I'm kind of thinking about getting a kimchi fridge because you know there are what? You things that I would like us? to refrigerate. But, you could huh? fill it full of shirts without shoulders. Yep. Hey. And then you could give all the people a cold shoulder look. <laughs> That's and they'd be I super cold. Can. They'd be super cold shoulders because Wait. they would have been in the fridge already. The shirts. Mm-hmm. 
would have been in the that fridge. You put it thinking. on, you're and your shoulders are exposed and touched by cold shirt at the same time. Wasn't that a thing that was popular like two years how, ago? How come you guys shirt? haven't started a business yet? You're so clever. No, the the shirts with the shoulders out. Oh, we're super lazy. We have so many great ideas, like uh, do a really good podcast, but then we just do this instead. <laughs> wait, wait. Tell them... Tell him your ruler pants. Oh, idea. oh my gosh! This no, is don't. genius. Because he, Dude, Jeff, a, he's I'm really motivated. He's I'll take, I have I have some venture capital just sitting in the bank right now, so you know. It looks like you have a bunch I, of Lego I, I, sets on your table back there. No, those are, are kind bars. Are those? Kind oh, bars? kind bars! You are rich. Dang. <laughs> those are good. I ain't really expensive. Kind bars. I we get the some quest bars. That's been there for two years. It has not been here for even a... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay, it's been there for a while. Um, I Those also expired. So. Yeah, they are. I'll eat them later. I also <laughs> wanted to ask you why your, your, your Brita filter, or your Pure filter, is just sitting on the shelf and not in the fridge. That's for the dog. Is he that just not just pops a... up there and pumps a little. Just put that in no. your kimchi fridge and it'll get nice and cool. <laughs> I don't Wait, do you have, have a, a kimchi <laughs> fridge. I'm not that rich yet, but um, I don't. I don't need it to be cold. I don't know. I, I when I when I drink when I drink water in the booth, I don't want it to be cold because if it's cold, it's gonna freeze up my vocal cords. I guess it's I bad for your heart too. I don't know about that. So but is I'll, I'll just believe you. So is that one of those <laughs> those though, is that one of those nicer filters where it has the LED light on it and it tells you when it's time to change the filter? It has that light and I'm ninety nine point eight seven six percent sure it's bullshit. Yeah, well it just it's it just goes every thirty days. Like I I don't yeah, I don't understand how it could possibly work. Yeah. yeah well so you're supposed you just... to change your filter at least every thirty days. I used to have one, Jeez, and Josh. I just ripped the filter right out of there because it was getting in my way. <laughs> I was like, this water's not coming out fast enough. <laughs> I'll tell you, the peak of humor is when you're talking about pure filters. <laughs> it's just so relatable. Everyone everyone, everyone wants to hear it. Feel free to throw some pure filter jokes in your next audio book. I will. The I, well, consent. you know, once, oh, yeah. All right, are you guys ready for this very last question? Very last question. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm pumped. What do you think is the coolest thing a kangaroo ever put in its pouch? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, okay, wait a minute. Before we answer this question, whoever asked it is awesome. That is a great question. That is a great question. Um, I feel like a kangaroo put a diamond in there once. Is that off a show? Snatch? No, that was on Snatch. That's in England. <laughs> what? <laughs> they don't have kangaroos in England, do they? In zoos? <laughs> I feel like there was a show and a kangaroo put a diamond in its pouch. That's not even that cool, though. It's not That's that cool. cool. But you I might think it's cool. That might have been that Futurama episode where they had superpowers. Because uh, <laughs> there was a villain with animals. <laughs> They wanted to stop it because there were villains in that episode. <laughs> so okay, so this question is layered. Um, right. I mean, what is the coolest thing you think a con- a kangaroo might have put in their pouch? So it has to be it has to be something, at least, in the realm of possibility, a kangaroo might encounter in the wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I know right? what it is. One of those shirts with the with the shoulders <laughs> cut off. The cold shoulder, yeah. I, uh, I, I no, that wouldn't have been a cool thing. 
holding a sound booth theater uh, audiobook before. <laughs> well, considering none of our audiobooks are physically available. I saw it at a truck stop. It was holding an iPhone. <laughs> well, you can always burn it to a CD. Yeah. It's easy. It's okay. Crazy. So, so my my so first instinct, speak. my first instinct with this question was nunchucks. 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 But I find it I I find it difficult to rationalize how a kangaroo might have gotten a hold of nunchucks to put them in its pouch. They took them from a ninja. Um, but like ninjas, you know, they're not they're not going to dig on Australia very much, man. There's not like yeah. there's not a so, lot for ninja to do there, man. I, I so you forget the origins of Australia. So in the beginning, the what what everyone did was they rounded up their criminals and they shipped them off to Australia. Yep. And then ninjas would come and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but nunchucks are a are are a non-lethal option for ninjas. So if their mission was to go kill the prisoners, they're not going to bring the nunchucks, man. Got you there. On, well, they just got, bring the nunchucks. Think, so you got to think about ninjas. I think okay. we're asking the wrong question. No, I I, th- I think this is this is very appropriate questioning. What um, what, what do we know is cool? The fawns. Oh yeah. <laughs> You think so? You think Henry Winkler was yeah. in a kangaroo? Let me tell you, if you think you could just Google dog and kangaroo pouch or cat and kangaroo pouch, you'd be disappointed. It's just people carrying them in pouches. Well, the thing is, kangaroos <laughs> yeah. generally don't want all kinds of wacky shit in their pouches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want something. So you got to kind of force it in there against their will. I guess it would be like shoving some of them. But your then part. it's not cool. It's part of their That's body. Cool. Then it's not cool. Then it's like sad origin story of like why the kangaroo's life is a tragedy. Oh, like, that's what it oh. looks like. A kangaroo's trying to put a dog in its pouch. It's not pretty. That's not what's happening. Wow. Okay. I don't want to see that. But also, yeah. uh, no, I don't think anyone wants to see or think of a kangaroo's pouch being violated in that way. That's not it's- cool. It's what do you cool. think it's like? I, I kind of thought it was slimy on the inside. Whoa. It probably is. I just Probably. had a. I just figured it out, guys. Slime. So <laughs> really yeah, cool nowadays. Slime's cool. Slime's in. Kids love slime. Um, who's the coolest cartoon character ever? Uh, Ren Hoek. It's Bart Simpson. No, Raphael. <laughs> so this, the, there was the episode where the Simpsons go to Australia. Yes. And Homer and Bart climb into mm-hmm. climb into uh, uh, kangaroo sacks. That was holes. pretty cool. Kangaroo. Pouches. Pouches, thank Doesn't you. Doesn't it make you sad, though, that was 20 years ago, and that's the coolest the kangaroo's ever been? Yeah. Oh, man, I I, I, I still, I don't think that reaches uh, top coolness. Well, now, I think we can all agree kangaroos have gone downhill in the last 20 years. <laughs> now, wouldn't it be really cool, though? But it's not about how, how cool the kangaroo is. It's about the thing in its pouch and the coolness of that. Let me tell you, would this be cool? You're hanging out, a kangaroo hops up, reaches in its pouch, pulls out a gun... You'd be like, whoa. Well, yeah, yeah cool. that would be really cool. <laughs> that would be cool. really cool. But uh, I also think it's it's a, li- a bit much. It's like a bit heavy handed. You know, it's kind of obvious to be right. like <laughs> really cool. <laughs> right. So I thought, OK, here's here's my answer. A climbing axe. A, cl- a climbing axe. OK, it's 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 like utilitarian. It's got an interesting look to it. Like not everybody would know exactly what it is when they first see it. Uh, it the the shape of it 
lends itself to probably some 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 good uh, some good cool po- lean poses that like the kangaroo <laughs> could put its thumb like on the top of it, uh-huh. you know, and kind of like give a, a yeah. cool gangsta kangaroo lean and like show off. And it's super utilitarian, man. Like now the kangaroo doesn't just jump everywhere; it can also climb really high. On That's horrifying. Yeah, even yeah. kangaroos are scary. Yeah. <laughs> You would also think the kangaroo is pretty cool because, you know, he doesn't need it. So it's a vanity act. It's a vanity act. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> but, you know, I think the coolest thing would happen. It's like what you're saying, Corey. The kangaroo, you're, you're out on your stoop on a nice, cool day. Mm-hmm. Right? Stoop hanging. Like stoop you always hanging. do. We all hang on stoops. Kangaroo rolls up, opens up its pouch, beef stew. <laughs> it's like not even in a bowl. Not even in a bowl. <laughs> you get a bowl. You pick up a bowl and you scoop it up, and it's delicious. Do you like beef stew? No. Oh. But I was just thinking of that time You're on uh, Homestar Runner when Strong Bad said the coolest thing he could think of was beef stew. <laughs> you know, the, the grossest thing? Yeah. Exact same thing happened. Clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would not. I would not drink clam chowder. I warmed it with my body heat. Where's that kangaroo getting clam chowder? I don't like that. Beef stew makes sense. Yeah, it does. Clam chowder, not so much. No. Was Australia near the ocean? Well, it's got to be. <laughs> Surrounded by ocean, but um, kangaroos live on beaches. I think we answered it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we answered said. it. Oh, I, what, one more one. One more thing for the climbing axe. I think it's plausible that a kangaroo could find a climbing axe out in the Australian wilderness. Uh, there, I think there are caves that uh, are, you know, common where for spelunkers to be visiting. What? Where they grow. Where where? Climbing. Where axe. the climbing axes grow? Yeah. Uh, they might That's have some of those. That's a beautiful song. That can be in your next. Uh, where the climbing axes yeah. grow. Yeah. The kangaroos they know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I really appreciate the forethought you put into that kangaroo question. Uh, dude, that's what an interview is. I'm on my game right now. Um, I'm ready to answer questions, man. That's what I'm. So that was it. We, you did it. You did a great job being interviewed. So you okay. want to go ahead and plug yourself? Tell us where we can find you. Where our fans um, can find you. Well, I guess I could plug myself. Um, and your company. Uh, yeah. yeah uh you know especially since i'm not like your people aren't gonna see what's on camera uh, i i feel comfortable enough with you guys that i can plug myself in front of you do you um, want us to close our eyes <laughs> uh so sound booth theater is my company um keep an eye out and an ear out for us uh next year we are doing much bigger things um we are dedicated to Gamelit and Lit RPG. We we love this genre. It's it's our bread and butter, and it's a lot of fun. We get to have lots of fun doing all the characterizations, and we have lots of excuses to do music and sound effects and make your audiobook listening experience more immersive, more fun, more entertaining. And, um, yeah, big things are coming. So just that's all. That's all I have a plug for. Just keep an ear out for our company. So where can we find your company? Facebook, Google Plus. Facebook. So there's a Facebook. Not group. at truck stops. Not at truck stops. Uh, Graphic Audio has that market on lock. Um, so if you search Facebook, search for the Facebook group Sound Booth Theater Live. That's with an exclamation point, and that's the American spelling of theater as well. E R, not R E. You're a. Uh... 
your logo is brilliant, by the way. Thank I you really so like much. That. Thank you. Uh, I, because I, it uh, looks like boobs in the middle. I was yeah, thinking, I love those boobs. <laughs> I was thinking earbuds, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Actually, uh, earbuds was a new one that I only heard about last year. I mean, we've we've had that logo for a, a couple of years, but only last year did someone tell me they looked like earbuds. They're just supposed oh, to be. They're supposed to be musical theater. They're supposed to be musical notes. That's what oh, I thought originally, yeah. but then I looked at it and I'm like, maybe he wanted boobs. He's doing a lot of that harem. <laughs> well, we're 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 exiting the harem market slowly. We're we're not. I, we're not I do big. have a suggestion for when you do the harems. Okay. Go use that sound booth logo, but make the O's boobs. That way, people know that's a harem. We actually do have a separate imprint called Sound Booth Burlesque. Ooh. Yeah, that we. That, that sounds we, classy. Yeah, this is we, uh, classy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we published supers, uh, all of Jamie's stuff under that imprint now. Um, and any any time we do erotica in the future, we're going to be using that imprint. Sound Booth Burlesque. You should see the you should see the uh, the logo for it. It's it's pretty nice. Fancy. It's fancy. So we'll let you go have dinner yep. with your mom. Uh, before you take off, if you don't care, could you just go ahead and end the podcast in the traditional manner? In the in the traditional manner? Yes, please. I forget what the tradition is. Uh, okay. How, uh, uh, all right. I'm going to go walk down this uh, this shadowy lane now that's um, not suspicious at all. So if no one hears from me, it's just because I'm on sabbatical. And it has nothing to do with me being on this podcast. <laughs> right, that's great. I appreciate that. That'll help. That'll yeah, help when the cops hold come up knocking. In court. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool. Hey, we're back in just to impress our very best. So we're going to let you get back to work. Because... Oh, that's not happening. I'm not working. I'm on sabbatical right now. Oh, then yeah. We're going to we're just going to pod. Well, I'll well just yeah. Come up with no, no, I'm still leaving. Fuck you guys. Like... I got to go have dinner with my mom. But um Steve Campbell yeah. told